You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Let's now take the Scriptures and open to Ephesians 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And then let us go ahead to chapter 5, and we read the verses 8 through 14. For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Text for the proclamation of the word this morning is Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, In this passage, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is speaking to us about family life. And that bond between parents and children is a great blessing. But like all blessings in life, it comes with its challenges as well. And one of the challenges that families face is that 
in our society, there is less respect from children towards their parents than perhaps in times gone by. And our covenant children are not by any means immune to this. Children in the church pick up on it. They sometimes give disrespectful looks to their dad, to their mom. They talk back. They give lip, as it is said. There's also a challenge for parents, because in our society, in an increasing way, the idea has grown that children are a burden. Children are a big financial burden. Children cost a lot of money, people say. They're a time burden. Children tie you down. They, they cut short your freedom. And parents in the church are not at all immune to that kind of thinking either. Sometimes parents in the church forget what we sang together at the beginning of this worship service, that children are actually precious gifts from God, blessed rewards. And then there is also the pressure that the rat race puts into our lives, the busyness of family life. Do you know, brothers and sisters, how many families in Canada actually sit down and have one meal together per day? on average, normally speaking? One meal a day together. How many families, you think? One out of six have that as part of their normal routine. The vast majority of families only have two or three meals together a week. And then how often during those meals is the main talking done by the tube, the TV? How are you managing in your household? How many times do you sit down and have a meal together? How much does the rat race affect your family life? Now, you stack up all the challenges, our own sinful inclinations to begin with, the influences from the world, the busyness of life, and children and parents have their spiritual work cut out for them. But what gives us comfort, what gives us courage to keep on going is the fact that our family life is in the Lord. You notice those words which are prominent there in the first verse that we read together. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, meaning in the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. And so there is good news for families today, and I may proclaim it to you this morning, Our family life, by the grace of God, is in the Lord. And therefore, children must honor their parents and fathers must nurture their children. The verses 1, 2, and 3 are addressed specifically to children. Are you listening, children? These verses are for you. Now, when we hear that word children, then we normally think of a certain age group. You see, there are babies, and usually we say babies are from the time they're born up until, what shall we say, two years old? And then we speak of children, usually from two years old, roughly, up until about 12 years old. Although, 
That's changing now. Now people speak about children from age 2 to about age 8, and there's a new word. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's called the tweens. And the tweens are supposedly from around age 8 until age 12, and then after that you have the teenage years from 13 to 19, and then you get into the 20-somethings, and then you get into the 30-somethings, and what comes after that? Who knows? You see, we have all of these very specific age groups. Babies, children, tweens, teenagers, and on from there. It's almost as if we have become hyper-fascinated with age and age categories. And what comes with it is that people are expected to act in a certain way depending on which age category they are in. Babies, well, they have a simple life. They simply are expected to act in a cute way. Children, well, children are supposed to be rambunctious. Tweens, I do not know how tweens are supposed to act. That category is a little bit too new. Teenagers, apparently they're supposed to be a little bit moody and maybe a bit rebellious. Young adults going into the 20-somethings, they're supposed to be adventurous, but growing in responsibility. You see what has happened, brothers and sisters? Children, you see what's happening? There are all these different categories. Everyone gets plunked into a category, and so it said you're supposed to act according to the way that category acts. It's the age grid. Did it ever strike you that the word teenager is not in the Bible, let alone tween, or twenty-something, or thirty-something? You see, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is not so fixated on how old you are, but to whom do you belong? When the Bible mentions names, David, well-known name, so often it says, David, the son of Jesse. That's what's important. Not was David 20 or was David 30, but that David belonged to his father, Jesse. You read about Isaac, the son of Abraham. You read about King Ahaziah, whose mother was Athaliah, granddaughter of Omri. You see, the Holy Spirit is first of all concerned about to whom you belong. Did you know, children, that you actually belong to two families? You belong to the family that you know very well, your dad, your mom, perhaps you have brothers and sisters too. And normally when you talk about your family, that's who you mean, your dad, your mom, and your brothers and your sisters. But you belong to another family as well. And that's why we started in Ephesians chapter 1, where the Lord teaches us that even before the creation of the world, even before Adam and Eve were living in the Garden of Eden, the Lord... Verse 5, predestined us to be adopted 
as His sons through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, children, by the grace of God, you belong to the family of God Almighty. And actually, that family is number one. Your belonging to the family of God was already in the mind of God before the creation of the world, long before your parents were even born. And this is what we all need to have in our minds if we are to understand what the Holy Spirit is teaching us here. It's a great thing to belong to God's family. You know why? Because God the Father loves you. And He loves you a lot. Ephesians chapter 5 begins, we did not read that verse, but it begins, be imitators of God therefore as dearly loved children. Now we are not that way by nature. By nature, the Holy Spirit says also in this book of Ephesians, by nature we are children of wrath. You hear that every time the form for baptism is read. By nature we are children of wrath, children who deserve the anger, the holy wrath of God for our sins. But yet, in His mercy, God has adopted us and made us His children of love. Now that is a big blessing, to be loved children rather than children of wrath. We also read together from Ephesians chapter 5, And there, we are called in verse 8, children of light. But again, that's not the way we are by nature. By nature, we are darkness and children of darkness. Now, all children know what the darkness is like. When you're in the dark, you can't see where you're going. Stub your toe, you stumble, you fall, you might get lost in the dark. The dark can be frightening be scary. But to be in the light, it's better to be in the light than to be in the darkness, by far. And brothers and sisters, children, by the grace of God, we all, who were once children of wrath, have now become children of God's love. We who by nature are children of darkness, are children of light, And that's the reason, children, that you have to respect, honor, and obey your mom and your dad. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is the reason that it's right to do it. Because you're in the Lord. You're part of God's family. And it's so easy to forget that. Maybe after supper, your mom says to you, Joseph, Judy, come here. I I want you to help clear the table now. And children, you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to clear the table. I want to read my book. I'm going to play with my new PlayStation. I don't want to clear the table. Maybe you even give your mom a bit of a huff and a puff. You get older. Maybe your dad says to you, Winston, I think you should skip going to watch the hockey game 
this Saturday. You have a big Chemistry 12 test. It's due on Monday. And I don't want you studying on Sunday. So maybe you should just leave the hockey game for a week and get ready for that test. And you're thinking to yourself, Dad, don't you understand? All my friends are going to be there at the hockey game. Why would I want to skip? You see these kind of knee-jerk reactions that we have in our minds as children. And we are inclined not to obey, not to show respect to our dad and our mom because we want to go our own way. But stop. Slow down. Instead of letting these knee-jerk, instant reactions come in your mind and then out of your mouth, instead remember what the Holy Spirit teaches you here You belong to two families. See, when mom says, come clear the table, or dad says, it would probably be better that you you don't go to the hockey game for a week, often, as children, we just think about our earthly family. And at that moment, we don't happen to like what we hear coming from our parents. But the Holy Spirit teaches you, you have to think about belonging to God's family. And remember... That God took you, who were by nature a child of wrath, made you a child of His love. You who were by nature child of darkness, He made you child of light. And now you have to thank God. And how are you going to do that? God wants you to thank Him by obeying and honoring your parents here on this earth. That's the reason. And as every father knows, it's also important to give children encouragement so that they can see that obeying a command is also a blessing. And so the Holy Spirit does precisely that. He does not just say, children, obey your parents, and then leave it at that. No, He says, and He goes on to say, this is a commandment with the promised children. You obey your parents. Blessings and good things happen. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you. You know, once disrespect gets in the the atmosphere of the house, of the family, There are always certain incidents, certain moments, brothers and sisters, but there's also an atmosphere in the house. When you walk into a house, you spend 10, 15 minutes there, you can usually pick up quite quickly, what's the atmosphere of this household? If the atmosphere is clash between parents and children, and it's almost like an ongoing battle, every day again is another battle in the war, And who's going to get the upper hand in the battle today? Will the parents win or will the children win? Well, that's the kind of atmosphere in the house. It's not going well for the children. It's not going well for the parents. It's not going well for anybody. Brothers and sisters, God did not mean family life to be battle after battle after battle. So children... You have a responsibility. You have a duty in this too. Don't let your family life become like a battleground 
honor, respect, obey your parents, and the whole atmosphere in the house becomes better, more pleasant for everyone. But then there's another promise. The Lord says that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Whichever way you look at it, children, your parents are always older than you, right? They've been through more years on this earth. And from experience, from seeing things that happen to other people as well, they know. They know things that are dangerous. They know things that can harm and damage a person. This is why parents will say to their children when they're 16 and they get keys of the car, don't drive like a madman. Be careful out there, especially when the weather's bad. Don't get involved in, in drinking. Don't get involved in, in marijuana or drugs or crystal meth or things like that. Your parents know it's dangerous, it's damaging. Listen to them. Listen to the advice, the instruction that they give you. They don't say it for nothing. Now we all know that even if you avoid the dangers. Sometimes children still do not have a long life on this earth. There are also children, teenagers, who leave this life at what we would consider a very early age. And here is the comfort then of family life in the Lord. Because even if the earthly life is cut short, humanly speaking, the comfort is this, that there is long life. Yes, indeed, there is eternal life with the Lord. And that, too, is all built into this commandment, which is the fifth. So, children, in your daily life, if you start by remembering that you belong to two families, and actually, by God's grace, you've been part of God's family even longer, you could say, than your dad, your mom, and your brothers and sisters. Then you're on the right track. Then you also see why you need to obey your parents. But now we have to turn to the other side of family life. The Holy Spirit also says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, this is for you. Are you listening? It is remarkable that the Holy Spirit chooses to specifically speak to fathers here. He could have chosen the word parents. It's right there in verse 1. He could have said, Fathers, mothers, do not exasperate your children. He used that phrase in verse 2, your father and your mother. So why? Why does the Holy Spirit choose this moment to speak specifically to fathers? Many people have thought about that, discussed, debated it, and let it be said in the first place, brothers and sisters, it is not, it is not because the Holy Spirit does not value mothers and what they do for children 
and for family life. Did it ever strike you that the book of Proverbs begins with a reference to mothers? Proverbs 1 verse 8, My son, listen to your father's instruction, but also do not forsake your mother's teaching. And that same book of the Bible, which has so much to do with family life, the book of Proverbs, ends with who? Mom. Yes, the wife of noble character, but that wife in that passage is also a mother. The book of Proverbs, the book on family life, begins with mom, begins with a reference to mom. It ends with a chapter about mom and her contribution to family life. So let it never be said that the Holy Spirit does not pay attention or does not value the contributions and the work and the love of moms and family. Not at all. But this here is a moment where the Holy Spirit, in the wisdom of God, has decided to address fathers specifically. Why? On the one hand, yes, fathers are the heads of the households that flows out of chapter 5. But is it not also for this reason that dads sometimes forget their duties within the house, within the family life. And the Holy Spirit knows that full well. In the days of the Apostle Paul, and no less today, there are some dads who basically take this approach. Whether they actually come out and say it, but this is what they're doing. They're basically saying to their wife, to the mother of the household, Dear, I'll raise the cash, you raise the kids. Does that not resonate with reality sometimes? Dear, I'll raise the cash, you raise the kids. The Holy Spirit says, Dad, don't go down that road. You're not allowed to just raise the cash. You also have to raise the kids. And begin then by not exasperating those children who belong to the family of God. Now there are different kinds of exasperation. Sometimes children get exasperated when it seems that almost every time that dad talks to them or they talk to dad or they have some type of interaction with their father, there's always tension. There's always anger in the air. Dad's temper is so short and so easily he gets frustrated and, and lashes out harsh words or just brushes the children aside. And if that goes on, it's not just an incident or certain occasions, but it's kind of like part of the atmosphere of family life. At a certain point, children get exasperated. They lose spirit. You can even see it in their eyes. There's another kind of exasperation. Children sometimes get exasperated because they're jealous for dad's attention. Not jealousy in the bad and the sinful sense, but jealousy in the right, 
in the holy sense. Just like a wife is rightly jealous for the attention and for the love of her own husband, and likewise husband with wife, but so too between parents and children. Children are rightly jealous for the love and the attention of their own dad. Dad, are you there? Where are your children? Sometimes children see that dad has all kinds of time. He has energy, he has zeal, he has brain power for his job. He's very successful. Children are sitting there. They're wondering, when is dad going to pay a little bit of attention to me? And dad may be a great golfer. He may be a great fisher. He can do all kinds of things. And he puts energy and he puts money into his hobbies. The children at the supper table are looking. When's dad going to pay a little bit of attention to me? And they get exasperated. After a while, they give up inside. Fathers, remember, to whom do those children belong? Those children in the first place are adopted children of their Father in heaven. And now that the Father in heaven has taken them who are by nature children of wrath, and He has poured out His love upon them. Are you now going to pour out your anger, your frustration? You see how that goes counter to what the Lord has done and is doing in their life? The Lord who has taken them from being by nature children of darkness, He's made them children of light. And now so far as your love and attention, you're going to put them back in the darkness? Darkness of not receiving your love. You see how that goes counter, that goes against what the Lord has done for them and is doing for them. Fathers, your family, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a blessing, but that's also a great duty. You have to do more than just Raise the cash. The Holy Spirit says, nurture them. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. There's a balance there. On the one hand, there's teaching and there's training. On the other hand, and that's the literal meaning of the word, there's also discipline. There's also a time for being firm. And you have to keep the balance between the two. Some, some dads are very good at the instruction. And they teach their children about this and that and everything about creation, about the Lord. But when the moment is there that they have to become a bit firm, they're not up to the duty. They don't do it. There are other dads who are very good. They've got the firm hand on discipline. But they don't take the time to explain, to teach. Fathers, Pray for the wisdom to keep the balance. The balance between training, instruction, and discipline. For those are the nutrients that need to nourish that child. Both of them. Not one or the other. But both of them together under which they may flourish. Well, brothers and sisters, we've had opportunity now to hear 
a little bit of what the Holy Spirit teaches us about family life in the Lord. And you hear it all, and you think, yes. But our family life is far less than perfect. Indeed, every family is far less than perfect. Children have sins and shortcomings. Parents have no less sins and shortcomings. And because of that, our families within the church get bumped, they get bruised, sometimes they even get broken. And that's hard. But take comfort and above all, take courage because we don't just belong to one family. If we would only belong to one family and all we would have to think about were the bumps and the bruises and the brokenness, would be pretty discouraging. Take courage. Our family life is in the Lord Jesus Christ in whom there is also forgiveness, reconciliation, and by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit, new starts. In the Lord. That's a huge comfort for family life. That's what gives you the courage to keep on going. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.